And now, the starting lineup for your daily dribble. He goes fat lamb harder in the paint each and every week. Go ahead and give it up for Liam Hancock. He's got a 98% laugh rate, easily the most humble member of this lineup. And he's not too bad on the eye either. It's Ro Hancock. And as always, he calls the shots and he hits the shots. A man affectionately referred to as Diesel, your host, Nick Zamet. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. I'm your host, as always, Nick Zamet, joined by the two fellas in front of me. What's up, guys? Liam here. Yeah, g'day, guys. It's right here. How are we? Well? Yeah, well. Not bad. Really well, looking well. Another week in quarantine, another week no basketball. Is it inching closer, do you reckon? I hope so. We can, we can only hope so. It's, mm. what, are, what are we now? Are we, we're well over a month. Feels like, like an two, eternity. Feels two like months? an eternity. Nearly into the pace. Nearly two months, probably. But, yeah... Nevertheless, we're still here. We're still uh, ploughing away on the podcast front. So, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Mm, um, big episode in store for today. We've got, we'll start with some odds and ends. And then we've, uh, during the week, we fired up the trade machine. Uh, we've got a couple of trades each to propose to one another. Um, and just to see if we think that fit, um, who's going to benefit out of the trades, and yeah, if they're likely to happen or not. Uh, we'll also end with Entertainment Weekly. Before we get into it, though, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Um, Again, I keep saying it, but we do really appreciate the support everyone out there, not only basketball fans, but everyone alike has shown uh, to us. Uh, With that, if you want to continue to support us, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as well as following our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Geez, our, our TikTok's going off at the moment, isn't it? If you're not following our TikTok... <laughs> you're missing out. You're Let's missing out. What are, we're up nearly 170,000 views on one of our videos, aren't we? Yeah, we went viral on one of them. But um, yeah, definitely get around all of those, yeah. those pipes, yeah. Beautiful. Um, still, I'm still buzzing about that. It was mm. kind of cool during the week, the first one to hit 100,000 views. It's quite exciting to get a bit of exposure. Yeah. It's nice. The yeah. TikTok, and I was so against it, wasn't I? You were. But now yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. I love it. I love it. Great platform. Excellent. Shall we do some odds and ends, fellas? Yeah, kick us off. Kick, I'll kick us off. Yeah. Huge. Okay, I'll start with things a little bit closer to home in the form of the NBL. Uh, last week I spoke about Bryce Cotton, one of the league's premier players, uh, departing due to a 50% pay cut. Mm. Uh, this week another one of the probably top-tier stars in the league, Casper Ware from the Sydney Kings has also opted out of his contract. Uh, it's certainly not... The NBL's not in great shape at the minute because not only are they losing these top-tier players, Cotton, Ware, but we spoke about the other week how there's less um, incentive for yeah. co- high school, college kids to come down. Mm. And now that they've got the G League route and now the NCAA offering uh, money for naming rights and things like that, yeah. So yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty topsy turvy old fortnight for the league, but hopefully um, they can kind of start to steady the ship a little bit now. It's a shame though with the NBL because there was a long, long while there that the NBL was quite irrelevant. They didn't have any superstar names, which you know brought people back week to week to watch watch the games. But there was a few years there where we attracted some really high profile names who were sort of vying for the. Um, for a shot at the NBA. Um, and this year it's just gone to another level completely. Mm. Like the viewerships on um, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, all the games has been just unparalleled. The NBL has been touted by um, people, particularly in American mainstream sports media, as you know, a place where a lot of you know young players were coming to, to now a destination, start their it? career. And now it's sort of taken a hit, which is a shame. Yeah, unfortunately, but as I said, hopefully, no, it feels somewhat like we're starting to get over a little bit of a hump with this whole COVID-19 situation, so hopefully with that, the league can At uh, least level itself here. out. Yeah. Not not so much in America, but in no. America, they're, yeah. it's a different story. Some parts of America are in 
deep, deep trouble with this at the moment. But um, yeah, we're sort of looking like getting back on our feet shortly, hopefully. Fingers crossed. What about what about Giannis? Did we hear about this? His his Twitter, mm. email, and bank account got hacked. Um, but I think I think most people are attracted to the the Twitter getting hacked. Um, the hacker started off by saying a, a couple things um, about Giannis supposedly having coronavirus. He then went on to say, um, "I'm going to the Warriors," and then it and then it went downhill from there. There was a a lot of racial slurs and a lot of um, derogatory comments towards um, other NBA players, which I'm not going to say because they were quite quite no. disgusting. No, they yeah they were they were the worst type of tweets imaginable. Everyone as as these tweets were coming out knew that he'd been hacked, obviously. But um, do you reckon yeah, he's a guy a... who has a password like one two three four or something? Or do, you reckon, <laughs> do you reckon he's no, do you reckon he's, he's got it pretty secure or his old? I think he's got it locked secure. down, but. At the same time, these hackers can get into anyone's account if they want to. So yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That was that was n- not great to see. Really, yeah. um, I saw throughout the week um, that New York have their eyes very closely set on Chris Paul. Yeah, um, because essentially they believe that CP3 can bring a winning culture to their franchise and. As we know, over the last oh, maybe six years, five or six years, they've been like devoid of any type of winning culture whatsoever. Um, it's funny, isn't it, watching The Last Dance and actually seeing them as a successful mm, franchise at one point? It yeah. seems so uh, surreal. Like I know for us, we're all of that kind of 90s, early 2000s, mm. um, being born generation, so we, we never got to experience a really successful Knicks. No. It, last time, sorry, I was just going to say the last time I can think of the Knicks being half decent was when Mello was there, and that seems like it was absolute eternity ago, but yeah, it, who knows? It's hard to talk about um, the Knicks um, in association to trade rumours because it's kind of like the the boy that cried wolf in a sense because <laughs> that it seems like they're always chasing um one of these high caliber players um i don't know about you guys but yeah they do seem pretty set on chris paul um i saw in the in the trade they they could be offering um the likes of julius julius randall and um dennis smith jr a couple others but i i get the attraction of luring in a, a big star and chris paul is that yeah but he, he has been phenomenal this year. But come next year, he's another year older. He's got that albatross of a contract. It's just... Yep. That's the, the, that's the thing for mine. Sense. I think the contract is it's enormous, given his age as well. And I guess, you know, he's Giving still... Giving up young pieces, potentially, as well. It's just... Yeah. And, I, and I don't know why um, OKC would, would get rid of him, really. They, they didn't really expect much... Um, from him and the team in general this year, and they've they've no. just um, been pretty amazing. So. I guess the only reason that they would get rid of him is because, as we were mentioning before, he's an- he's going to be another year older. Um, I guess they're thinking of their future. Chris Paul won't be around too much longer, and they're probably thinking we might be able to get some young pieces in return for, for CP3. That align better with Shea's timeline. And, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, So, but interesting nevertheless, it could be a big acquisition for the Knicks. Mm, who knows? In other news on the, I guess, trade front, uh, the Rockets have reportedly shown a strong interest in signing Tom Thibodeau to the head coach role yeah. to replace Mike D'Antoni. Uh, this would be quite interesting just purely for the fact that Tibbs has uh, quite a reputation in just flogging his players into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler, namely one of them. Mm. But it'd be interesting to see how this kind of dynamic and philosophy goes with players like Harden and Westbrook who are already required to do so much of the load, but I guess if Thibodeau just places it even more on their shoulders, is it kind of feels like a recipe for disaster, that they're just going to burn out in the regular season? Yeah, yeah, so, that's the worry. That is the worry. What's happening to Mike D'Antoni, do we know? Because I, I like Mike D'Antoni, but is he... If he gets happening? replaced as a head coach there, he's going to get another gig somewhere else for sure. He's, he's too too yeah. good of a coach, um, if not, you know, maybe an assistant assistant coach type role. Yeah. But I'd like to see him as a just, head coach. I think from like all kind of sources, he's kind of not overstayed his welcome, but um, he hasn't quite reached, like this team in, I guess, the front office's eyes should have won a championship, at least one championship. Mm. 
um, failing to do so. They've kind of given him another chance, another chance. They haven't quite got there, so it feels like it's kind of time to push, I guess, the refresh button on the coaching front. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, time will tell how that one plays out, but hopefully good to see Thibodeau in a, in a head roll once again. Mm, absolutely. Um, just getting back to the Knicks, they're relevant in this, this week's odds and ends. Um, First so, time ever in our odds and ends that the Knicks have been twice. featured so prominently? Yeah, I think so. This is a bit of a funny one. Uh, <laughs> I saw throughout the week that Meta World Peace, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Ron Artest, has put his hand up for the Knicks head coaching role. <laughs> See this, yeah. He said that it's the only job that he wants um, in an NBA capacity. So he's he's a masochist, Ron Artest. He, yeah. He's setting himself up for up, up for a lot of pain, but for some reason that's that's the role he's after. And uh, I think he's I think he's quite far down the list on um on New York's side of things. Hundred percent. Yeah, this is pretty absurd for one that he wants a head coaching job but two the fact that he wants probably arguably maybe the hardest job taking a team such one of the like richest sports teams in the world and turning them from trash to treasure Uh, good luck to him I can't (laughs) see it ending on a good note but uh, I'm all for everyone having dreams and pursuing them yeah yeah I, here's an interesting one. I listened to a podcast the other day and it featured um, Steve Kerr. And forgive me, I forgot the other two names. It was one of the head coaches from the MLB and one of the head coaches from the NFL. Yeah. And they were just having a chat. And it was just interesting. They made a lot of good points, but it was interesting the fact talking about their seasons. How in the NFL regular season, there's 16 games. In the NBA, 82. And then in the MLB, there's 162 games Jeez. in the regular season. Lord. It's just, in, like, they play every day. It's incredible, isn't it, that there's so there's so much disparity between the leagues from 16 to 162 games yeah. in a regular season. Mm, mm. That's wild, isn't it? Like, it America is... is I, I, like, I knew they played a lot of games mm. in the regular season for the MLB, but I wasn't aware it was 162 mm. You think it, you know. You think of the physicality that's involved with those sports, though. You see, you compare, for example, the NFL to to baseball. Yeah. Um, you're not getting you're not getting hit in in baseball very often, whereas that's part of your job for a lot of players in the NFL. So their their seasons are just have to be shorter. Um, with this though, the the one thing I do like is it's kind of similar to the NBA, but. The more games you have, the more chance you've got to actually... The top team, the best team, comes out on top. Yeah. Because in a 16-game um, roster, if there's one or two anomalies, it throws... Like, each game's weighted so heavily. Yeah. Mm. But with so many games, you know, I, I, the cream does rise to the top. So, yeah, I just found it interesting listening to those three head coaches from different different leagues chat and, yeah, just the disparity in, in all of them. If you were a player, just take out the sport side of thing. Would you rather have a limited season, so just say in the NFL, like a sixteen, a sixteen, uh, yeah, game season, or would yeah. you rather, you know, like an eighty-two or one hundred and fifty game season? Because you love sports, <laughs> sports that much. Certainly, I don't think it'd be the one hundred and sixty-two of the MLB. I think the eighty-two, yeah. and we've spoken at length quite a lot between us three about it. Um, if the season's too long or I think that, like, I guess the middle ground, say for these yep. three sports, the middle ground of the 82 is probably the best option. Yeah. Um, 16 just seems too few. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, there's too much pressure if you lose two games and you're, you're mm-hmm. pretty much um, on the chopping block. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, no, interesting one there. Should we should we talk about the last the last dance? Quick we little, quick <laughs> little uh, too much into it. Yeah, quick little recap. Uh, episode five and six out the other day. Do, would we say the best two? Yet yeah, I. Oh, very good. The thing is, every single time a new episode comes out, I think <laughs> this has been the best one. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've, they've all been great, but yeah, they were they were amazing. Those two. A couple of scenes that stood out for me uh, with the All Star game. The yep. Eastern Conference players before the game talking about a young Kobe. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, it was pretty incredible just hearing them. You know, he's he's not going to let the game. He's going to bring himself to the game. 
Um, he's just going to turn it into a one-on-one battle. I liked the part where uh, Michael Jordan had said, you know, if I was his teammate, I wouldn't pass him the ball. If he yeah, wants the yeah. ball, he better rebound. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just like this is with the last dance. This is what I love most. All this behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to see. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my favorite bit. Yeah, MJ and the Seckies were playing. Um, they were playing quarters. Yeah, and, and um, the the security guard gets it and does the shrug. The shrug. <laughs> that was wicked, wasn't it? That was. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I actually, we might have to after. I want to have a crack at that. It looks like a, it. So, look from fun. what I understand, the rules are: you get a quarter or whatever. You got to get as close to the wall without touching yeah. it as possible. Okay, and touching an instant disqualification. Yeah, yeah, right. It's okay. pretty. It's pretty interesting game, isn't I it? I like that. I love the like, and you can just see MJ getting that little more angrier each time, oh. and each time that it's, competitive it's, nature. It's just sparked because I was thinking, what the hell is that moment? But I like the moment when MJ was talking about how um the the players from um say a decade ago were having cartons at half time yeah, and yeah. getting cigarettes off the coaches. I yeah. like that bit. It's, it's um it's wild, isn't it? Like the, how different from like twenty, thirty years ago the leagues changed. Yeah. Imagine that scene: Curry and Clay sipping back a couple of Budweisers <laughs> at halftime yeah. or something. It's just uncomprehensible. You just wouldn't see it, would you? But uh, yeah, one of the parts, and it's speaked about so highly. Um, the the game in Monte Carlo, the pickup training game yes, with the Dream yeah, Team. Yeah. Magic against Jordan. And it was, at that point, the passing of the guard, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love how, like, I'd, I'd heard all about this um, and how it was the passing of the guard. I didn't know when they got on the bus, it was just dead silence mm-hmm. until Magic Johnson said we shouldn't have uh, revved him up. And then it was, <laughs> okay, this guy's, yeah. Jordan's a star now. This is his team. Yeah. Showed how good that 92 was it 92 dream team 92 dream yeah. team yeah showed how how good they actually were like you saw them in the behind the behind the scenes training scrimmage type thing and they were taking it just as if not probably more seriously than the actual olympic games itself it's crazy what a collection of players though mm. isn't it it's, oh. and treated like rock stars weren't they, they, they were, were. like at the olympics it's the best athletes from around the world but they were the main attraction. Mm. I, I saw somewhere um, that the the director of The Last Dance said um, interviewing Dennis Rodman is like interviewing a, a feral cat. <laughs> gave a laugh at that. I one. like that. He would be, he's got a bit of cat about him, a bit of feral cat. Mm. He's quite the character though, isn't it? It's, and mm. it's good like players like this and Pippin getting to hear more of their story and like a better understanding of them. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait till... We get a Monday night, don't we? Here, the next, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's horrible. We're past the halfway mark now, so it's uh, yeah. It's a yeah. show that you'll be able to rewatch yeah. countless times. So yeah. that's the that's the good thing. Also, if you want to have a a tear shed down your down your left cheek, um, what about I'd, your right cheek? Your right cheek, your left cheek, your middle of your nose. <laughs> but watch watch um Dennis Rodman's um Hall of Fame speech. That was probably one of the saddest ones I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've. I don't I think I've watched that, that either yet, he, but... He's, like, sobbing as soon as he gets up there. It's a sad one. I'll have to watch mm. that. I'm looking forward to the episode. It'll be a couple of weeks, but I'm looking forward to doing a big recap on this. It's yeah. been quite the series. The mini ones just qu- don't quite do it for us, do they? We only get through more of it. All these things that are coming through my head, I just want to <laughs> burst with them, but I suppose we better we'll move on. Yeah, moving uh, on. Um, saw throughout the week that there's a lot of teams who are closely monitoring um, Vic Oladipo at the moment um he's no apparently he's no certainty to re-sign with the paces they had chats about a four-year 80 million dollar extension yeah um but from all reports the discussions didn't go too far and that's pricked the ears of a lot of other teams throughout the league and um he's he's, that piece isn't he's not the top tier superstar but he's that piece that can turn like a contender into a championship you know, favourite just about. Well, look what he did to Indiana. Not saying they had they bottomed out or anything, but without him, they're they're a pretty pretty ordinary team. I would have thought, um, especially they after. looked alright without him this year. Yeah, well, yeah, they did, and that's that's because of the rise of Sabonis as well, signing um, of Brogdon, Brogdon as well. Yeah. But it, it just shows that you know any team would be would be um, you know yeah they they'd be thankful to have 
have him on their roster. Does he pop up in any of our trade rumours, Nick? No. Not for uh, me, not for you, Lee? He was about to, but no, there was a there was no. a few others that got the got the nod. Got the nod ahead of him. Um uh, you got another one? Yeah, I've got one more. Yeah. I've got one more here. Uh the league has discussed should it restart again? There's two locations that they'll kinda how like have the bubble in, um, for all the games to be played. No surprise the two kind of areas that have come out. Uh, Disney World Orlando, mm. which I think we've spoken about, as well as Las Vegas. So, yeah, yeah we, we've kind of talked about both these options, so no surprises there. Disney yeah. World stood out to me a little bit. What is it, it the it's greatest just place weird, on earth or something? Just weird to think yeah. about. Look, I've been there. It's, it's, it it's, it's is overhyped. Is it? I won't. Maybe as a kid you'd love it, but... It'd be better with some ball there, though, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be. Just quickly also... Um, I saw that despite the NBA approving um, the reopening of practice facilities in certain places throughout America, Mark Cuban, uh, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, has come out and said that um, they won't be taking any risks and they won't be reopening the Mavs training facility just yet. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's a he's a smart man and he knows how how quickly this could escalate again if he jumps the gun and. Oh, it reopens the doors. Um, so yeah, that's he's, he's, he's watch and wait for the Mavs, isn't it? I think so. And I think as far did, weren't we mentioning when when the season shut down that Mark Cuban said he'd still be paying. Yep. And I, so I think I think the fact that these people are still getting paid, they're not relying. Sorry, not relying on um, you know the return to work income. Um, I, don't think he has any real need to to jump the gun. Yeah, yeah, which is good. It is. It is excellent. Do we have any more fellas or that? That was it. That, that was, was it. Yeah. Let's get into this. Beautiful odds and ends done. The trade machine, guys. What we want out there, we're going to put forth three uh, potential trades each during the week. I'm going to make sure to do it because I forgot to do one last week. But I'm going to make sure to put something up. Anyone out there who's got any trade ideas, rumors, hit us up with them. We'd love to hear them. I will share them on our socials and we'll, uh, yeah. Just... And make, make sure you use the trade tracker as well because I personally had a few really good trades that I thought in my head would work and once I tried to use them on the trade tracker, it fell quite short. Maybe I'll put the link in for the one yeah. we used at the end, uh, the one I put in at the end because that one was good. We, yeah. we initially started with uh, ESPN's uh, trade kind of tracker. Um, but yeah, then progressed on to tradenba.com yep. and that one seemed to uh, work a treat. Most up to date as well I think. Let's you, I'm, I'm buzzing for this. I'm really excited <laughs> for this. Who wants to kick us off? You, you're so buzzing. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I think you're a good one to kick us off. Of course. Go. Okay. So, trade one here I've got. Oh, I'm nervous. I've God, got... I'm, I'm scared we might have the same. Oh well. Maybe. Oh, okay. So, I've got the Lakers receiving okay. Zach Levine. All right. In exchange, okay. the Bulls receive Danny Green, Alex Caruso, and a 2023 first-round pick. Now, this is very similar to one of mine. Is it? I have Zach Levine for Kuzma and Green. Ooh. That's, okay, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about these two. We'll talk about them both, yeah. Right, okay. so... Go, we'll go with yours first, then. So my kind of thinking with this was that the Lakers, they get another primary scorer... Um, and it forms a big three now with AD, um, LeBron. And they've still got Kuzma as well in this trade. Mm. Yeah. For Chicago, there's been kind of some discontent around there. Uh, whole reshapings. Zach Levine, you know, has kind of acknowledged his hopes of getting out. And with this, kind of puts Chicago in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. Although yeah. Green's 33, uh, he's 3 and D player, but that three-point stroke's not going to fail him at 33. Um, and that's of June, June third. Mm, oh, yeah. Of June, he'll turn thirty-three. Should I say? Yeah. Um, Caruso, twenty-six. But I think going to Chicago, he'll get a bigger role. Mm. And I think he's a player. He's kind of gained a lot of attention for the highlight. Um, he's dunks. a fan favorite, isn't he, he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly, a fan favorite. But I think he's quite a competent player, and I think mm. having the ability to express himself a little more in Chicago yeah. would be huge. But. Those two alone, I don't think was enough. I think they need, Chicago need that. I said twenty twenty three. Now yep. initially, when I put it in, I had a second round pick. 
yeah. thought about it a little bit more, and I just don't think, given the fact that Green's a bit older, that a second-round pick would have done it. So I've, I've gone a first-round pick. Okay, yeah, yeah. How do we feel? Do you think it's a trade that could potentially... Um, I, and I know we're going to speak um, about Lees, which is quite similar. I think if they if the Lakers were to give... If the, the Lakers were to receive Zach Levine, they would have to give up Kyle Kuzma. And he's already been on the on the yeah. trade talk a, a fair lot. It's it's sort of like um, this was hard for me as a Lakers fan. I really didn't want to yeah, click Kuzma's I, name. I, I can imagine. <laughs> um, I I don't mind it though. Um, I think I I agree with you in terms of I think Alex Caruso's got more sort of um, potential than maybe he's been able to um, you know showcase for the Lakers because their roster's already stacked. One thing about getting rid of him, though, is that it would stuff up their team chemistry because he's such a cult figure for the Lakers. Yeah. The players and the organisation love him. Um, but some, you know, sometimes you have to get rid of these players to bring in better players. Um, so I, I don't mind it. Don't mind it. I personally think that the only thing that's coming to my mind is Kyle Kuzma would have to somehow be a part yeah. of that trade. Also, yeah, kind of talked me into it now. With Alex Caruso, um, he did mention during the week, I think, that he wants to contribute to the Lakers like um, John Paxson did to the Bulls. Yeah. Which, which I he can, gets a chance to say. seal a series with a three-point mm. shot too. But, but shall I talk about yeah. this one real quick? Okay, like you said, with Levine, um, Levine wanting out of the Bulls already and... And the Bulls wanting to rebuild, in a sense, I think it's a, a trade that works for both teams. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so sorry, yours was solely Danny Green and Kuzma. Y- yeah. 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 Um, so Chicago received a young, young player in Kuzma who has a lot of potential, and the and the veteran veteran sniper Danny Green, um, with the Lakers getting a high caliber starting guard who could could solve their ball handling um, ball handling and scoring problems when LeBron is is having a rest. I think this this would suit um, Kyle Kuzma so much. Yeah. Coming to the Bulls, he mark my words, he would average 20 maybe 23 points yeah. or so each year. He's a he's a natural scorer. He just has never really had the uh, opportunity. So. Yeah, I guess that's right. He hasn't had the opportunity to you know have a have as much game time as he as he should be and as he would on a lesser team so then Danny Green could also um play a leading role like well, a leader Danny Green has so much playoff and uh, like finals experience as well that would that, that's massive for any team the the leadership aspect um and yeah you know we know you can shoot from the arc who um, do we think wins this trade or is it pretty even um i did it because i think it is pretty even but if if i have to pick someone i will depends if uh i suppose without seeing how levine fits in how kuzma goes yeah uh yeah to be honest i think it's pretty even i think probably uh, the lakers probably win just based on how kuzma went this year yeah and what. Uh, Levine can offer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but nevertheless, I think it's both for good for both franchises. Mm, I agree. Take us away, Ro. What's your first trade? <laughs> My first trade. I'm not sure what you guys will think of this. Um, so we were mentioning before how um, the Knicks were looking at Chris Paul as a potential trade option, but um, due to his contract, it's it's hard to um sort of fit him fit him in there, and I tried to muck around with a few trades that would send CP to New York, but I didn't come up with any. Um, but then I came across another team who's desperately in need of a leader and in need of like winning culture as well, and that's Orlando Magic. Okay. I think the Orlando Magic at the moment have no one to lead that team. Their 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 most influential leader is Vucevic and to be honest he's just not he's not that that great of a leader. Um he sort of leads by example more than anything, but sometimes you need a bit of a bit of a verbal type leader. Um so in this trade, um it would be the Thunder receiving Aaron Gordon. Um, who just, by the way, needs 
to be out of Orlando. He's he's yeah. not going to be the answer for them no. going forward. He's not delivering on his contract. And apart from the dunk contests over the last few years, he hasn't had many many highlights. And he's sort of plateaued a bit in Orlando. So Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, who you know he's a he's a pretty handy two guard. Um, he's not going to win you a heap of games, but he's a pretty good pace player. Um, Jonathan Isaac, who I think has got potential. He's, he's a, you know, big man, six eleven. You know, he he he's going to take a little while to reach his potential, but I think he's going to um going to be decent eventually. Plus a um first round draft pick. Oh, that's big for um Chris Paul, who I think will have a few years on his um few years left in his career. Um. And also Terence Ferguson, who's a pretty handy two guard, I think. Yeah. Um, he's quite athletic, quite long. Could be someone to stretch the floor a bit for for the um, for the Orlando Magic. So I guess the Thunder look forward and they receive pieces which could, um, you know, give them a bit of depth going forward. They're they're all fairly young players, and the Magic, even though they're not going to receive you know, a player that's going to be around for the next 10 years, they at least get that sort of kick-in-the-butt type thing where this is what it takes to win and it sort of gives you a bit of a blueprint as to, you know, what's required to improve because they haven't been they haven't been winning in a, in a long time, mm. Orlando Magic, and someone like a Chris Paul could lead the way for them. Um, of course, they'd probably need a few other pieces yeah. to have a real impact, but I think he, I think he would be incredibly handy for for the Magic. Well, this is a fascinating one. Mm. Um, my only question is, with this, yeah, Chris Paul is now your starting point guard. Mm-hmm. Mark L. Fultz yeah. has made pretty significant strides this year. Yeah. Do you waste, not waste, but do you take on that $35 million or so contract and shunt faults to the number two role? Yeah, because or do Mark... You, oh, sorry, you go. Yeah, or do you try and give him another season to continue his growth and add pieces around him? I think Marco Fultz is arguably a better shooting guard than he is point guard, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, and I think getting rid of Terence Ross from the Magic, who was the shooting guard before, sort of... Opens up a space for that two guard for Markel Fultz to switch into. Chris Paul takes that point guard role and also provides leadership to Markel Fultz going forward. A guy who's probably struggled um, from a physical and mental standpoint so far in his career. But I think opening that space that Terence Ross was originally occupying and slotting into there, I I don't think they'd have too many issues. Mm. I can see what you're saying. Um... I guess, I guess it would be worth giving Markel Fultz another a bit more time in that point position, but he's need significant pieces around him, wouldn't he? Yeah. OKC is, um, in my opinion, going so well this year because they have Chris Paul um, mm-hmm. as the role model. So if if Chris Paul's gone, who takes on that role? It's a good question. It's a good question. That, that, Gordon, that was my does Gordon name. step up a little bit more no. in terms of leadership? I, I think um, you got Shea, another year older. He's not ready to be a, the head leader, but Steve he's, Adams would be the leader yeah. of that team. Yep. And I think I think Shea, even though he's young, has leadership qualities to him, and I think eventually he could stand up to be um, the leader of that team. But yeah, I guess it's a good question to think. And I it, also think Dennis Schroeder has some good oh, he does, qualities. Yeah, he does. And would Dennis Schroeder? He would. He would probably come off the. He would probably. I like him off the bench. Yeah, he'd come I off the bench Schroeder. still. So, um, yeah, mm. I, I think it'd be interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That know. one's got real potential. I'd, I'd like to see that. Mm. I'd love to see Aaron Gordon out of yeah. Orlando because makes yeah, it's quite frustrating watching him these days, mm. um, just plateauing. Plateauing, but yeah. Anyway. Get us next. Trade Tui. First yeah. round done. Trade Tui. I've got the Hawks receiving Drew Holiday. Ooh, the okay. Pelicans receive Jeff Teague and Cam Reddish. Oh, mm. now. Okay. So here's, here's the logic behind it the Hawks get another primary ball handler. Probably one of the. 
during holidays arguably the biggest target for a lot of teams at the minute. Yeah. yeah. So they get another primary ball handler to take off a bit of pressure off Trey. Um, they only take on an extra three million in salary from this trade, which is no worries at all because they've got more room than anyone. Mm. Uh, for the Pelicans, though, they get a, a, a par point guard in Jeff Teague. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's no world beater, but he can fill the job for now. But they get that young player in Reddish, mm. someone who's got experience with Zion, another key asset that you can kind of help build around, and it kind of yeah. makes their core. Holiday is a bit older, so yeah. with Reddish kind of the key piece in this trade, I guess, um, it kind of puts their core on a better timeline together with Zion, yeah. Lonzo, Ingram, Reddish, mm. um, Jackson Hayes, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I, I think it could work, and I think the Hawks would be the biggest beneficiary out yeah, of this. I think it's good for the Pelicans, but for the Hawks, Holiday is a key cog, mm. and at the minute, Trey's got too much to do. Yeah, um, I think having Capella, Trey, through Holiday, Kevin Herter, um, as well as some of their other young players, John Collins, they've got quite a good core there. They start to build one, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So would Drew Holiday, in your mind, be playing the two guard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. yeah. um, I, I, I like that. I like the idea of this trade. Um, we know that Atlanta need some more pieces before they start winning games. Um, Reddish wasn't wasn't a, like set the world on fire this year. There, mm, mm. so in terms for the Hawks, like they, you know, it's always hard giving up a key young piece, especially that you picked up highly in the draft. But yeah. I think giving Trey a chance now, like the strides he's making, giving him like a, another really competent ball handler will help him develop more as well. I do, I do think it would benefit um, the Hawks more. I, I, I just don't know how much it would um, benefit the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, I don't think that trade would um, push them even into this year at least into um, the playoffs no not not this year not not, not like if, year. if the season yeah. restarted no, I, I don't no. think it even would. next year I don't yeah. think I think this is more um, this is more a long term move yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- yeah. I still think Jeff Teague he struggled a little bit in Atlanta but I still think he can do mm. a competent role yeah. yeah. And, and should he you know play par level if Ingram can continue on his growth Zion all the rest of the supporting cast, they're still going to be a playoff team or in and around, I reckon. Well, Jeff Teague will only need to come off the bench, won't he? Yeah. He, he, he's he's not going to be... He used to be a um, you know re- really handy all-star point guard, but he's not at that stage of his career anymore. But he plays that really handy um, senior sort of role off the bench. And I think that would, that would be great for, for the Pelicans to build their depth a bit more. I think yep. this is another thing that we're forgetting, that it's actually increasing their depth going forward they'll mm. have their core but then they'll have a few de- um they'll have a bit of a deeper roster so i think it benefits both sides yeah i think as well probably... as get rid of, getting rid of that um salary yeah like yeah. i can get rid of teague sooner um and then they've freed up more space yeah so who would yeah. start pg then for pelicans Lonzo. Lonzo, yeah. yeah i mean shooting guard sorry shooting with guard. with jury gone um, JJ Reddick. Yeah, is yeah. he still there? Yeah, Reddick's yeah. still there. Yeah, mm. okay. yeah, may as well use him. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lee. Second trade. I've got Aaron Gordon for Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre. A Jr. straight swap. A straight, straight swap. swap. Okay. Like like Rose. I think I did see something about this being mentioned, and I I read. Yeah, I, I like this. Like I, like Rose said. Um, let, let me just get in before yeah. you let me just say my premise before you that <laughs> it's it's clear that um gordon he's not he's not at all an offensive threat um at magic um neither is he probably an, an uh, offensive threat scoring wise at any team he goes to but what he does have is um pretty amazing defense and pretty amazing playmaking which i think um he could he could bring to the suns cuz they already have um a first and a secondary scorer in in Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Um, Kelly Oubre, on the other hand, he's scoring twenty near twenty points at the Suns, probably as the third scoring option. Imagine what he could do as the main scoring option at the 
at the magic, which I think they need. They need a bit of offense and a, a couple buckets. This is this is the reason why this would probably work is because, as you mentioned, um, Kelly Oubre to an extent has probably been wasted to a, yeah. to a certain extent at the Suns because he's got so much potential, but he doesn't actually need to do that much um, because they've got really good offensive players um, already. Um, and then you look at the magic and it's the, it's the tables have turned where... Aaron Gordon probably has too much responsibility and he shouldn't yeah. have that much responsibility. Um, so I, I I don't mind it. Um, trying to think who would who would win this trade. I think eventually it would probably be the Magic because they'd yeah. gain someone who can actually, actually score on the offensive end. And someone who took significant strides this year yeah. as opposed to Gordon who didn't. Yeah. I think the ceiling for Ubre, the way he's kind of developed, I think his ceiling's higher, whereas oh, yeah. Gordon's yeah. plateaued, whereas Ubre's still on the rise. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I I think it's a great move for the Magic to make. Yeah. The only thing is um, Gordon, um, opposed to Kelly Ubre, offers um, a lot more with with passing and defending, um, but yeah. I think Vucci and Jonathan Isaac would pick up pick up the slack there. I wouldn't mind seeing, um, in addition to Aaron Gordon being traded, I wouldn't mind seeing a pick, at least a one draft pick being traded as well. I think, now that I think about it, I think Kelly Oubre is obviously a, or I think going to be a far better player going forward. Second round pick, you reckon? I think a second round. It wouldn't be a first, no, no, no. no. Um, Just like a cherry on top type of thing, because at the moment I think the scales are slightly out of whack, but um, I I like it overall. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Roy, trade two? Trade two. Um, This is getting slightly worrying because we've had the the same player mentioned three times throughout this. Zach Levine? (laughs) Not Zach Levine. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Again, another Aaron Gordon from you. I I mentioned to Nick before this that there was a player that might get a bit of action and and I I wasn't anticipating Lee to mention him as well. As G's show. As G. And I think it's just showing, well, I think it's pretty clear to the majority of us that Aaron Gordon needs out of Orlando. Where's he going to this time? So this time he's going to be introduced to a team with a bit of structure and a bit of stability, something that I (laughs) don't think Orlando have had and something that's probably stunted his progression to a certain extent so this trade will be the Spurs receiving Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac for another player who I think needs out of San Antonio and that's DeMar DeRozan Um, doesn't look doesn't look at home at the Spurs no doesn't um, since he's got there like he's he's a naturally talented player and he'll score you know your 20 you know, 20 to 25 points still. But I just feel like he doesn't fit into the way that they play over there. He needs a bit more freedom and he needs a bit more... uh, Well, he's got the ability to lead a a team, I think, but at the Spurs it's more team-centric as opposed to one one or two people sort of thing. Um, And the Magic need a leader and they need someone desperately to assist um, Vucci. So... I think those two as a as a one two combo would be would be quite handy. Um, and then you've still got Fournier and Vuce who can you know knock down from three, and Demar can just live in the uh, mid range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like this. I like. I really like this one. I think that's yeah. perfect for him to lead a team again. Wouldn't it be? And it would take a lot of pressure off Mark L. Fultz as well. Yeah. Um. He's probably. He. I think he's probably got too much pressure on him at the moment. Um. I think he needs to probably have another yeah at least another player in front of him who can produce on the on the offensive end because if Vucci falls down we know Aaron Gordon's not going to do much take Aaron Gordon out of the situation then Markel Fultz is the guy who has to do something and I think I think he's just not at that stage where he can provide consistently as the second option so bringing DeMar DeRozan um proven score into that team I'd love to see it happen I've wanted Aaron Gordon out of the Magic for a long time and I've wanted DeMar DeRozan out of the Spurs for a long time so this would make it happen on both ends what a what a wacky episode yeah. as if we've spoken so much about the Knicks and the Magic I know what I is know. going on here this is really um, you can tell we haven't seen ball in a while oh, we, we haven't we haven't we're a bit Goodness. loopy but I like it 
I really like it. Good for both teams, I think. So, do we? Ha- do you reckon we have a, a winner in this one in, in your guys' eyes? Oh, it takes a while for magic. me to. Oh, it'd be. Takes a while for me to ponder on these because you really need to think. In do we depth think that Aaron Gordon? I was mentioning before Aaron Gordon in a team like the Spurs with a bit of with a great coach, a bit of stability. Do we, do we think that would change his game in general? Do we think he's no? I don't. No, we think. He, I think not. he's plateaued. I think he's done. Yeah, and I think yep. Jonathan Isaac is a big part of this um, he, trade. I think he's going to be good in the future. I don't think he's going to be all star quality, no. I, but I think he's going to be half decent. Yeah, me too. Excellent. Good trade. Yeah. Good one. Go on to our third and final, final round. Final. I'm, I'm keen for this. Okay, so in this trade, I've got Golden State oh. receiving Gordon Haywood oh. and a 2023 20, second round pick. Okay. The Celtics receive Andrew Wiggins and mm. Alan Smalagic. <laughs> Smalagic, mm. yes. Okay. okay. Reasoning behind this one. So, Haywood's been 30. Um,. I think the SWAT really helps the Warriors capitalise on their the age of their core. Um, Curry, Clay, Draymond, um, putting Haywood in an experienced head, a proven player. Yeah. He lines up with this older core. Now they're kind of sacrificing their future a little bit more so, but that's okay. It's yep. kind of win now while you've got arguably the two best shooters in history. Mm. Um. It's, for me, it's a shame we won't get to see Wiggins fully integrated with this Warriors core. Yeah. But I think for the Celtics, it helps them get another player um, for their core, a younger player, who I think can develop under Brad Stevens, and likewise, he fits in better with the timeline of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, and you also get a cheap player in Smalagic. Yes. Who's, yeah, just chuck him in there. Who show, no, who show, he showed flashes. No, he yeah. showed little flashes this year in the yeah. time he was given, um, and just something to kind of... He's, he's, he's a piece, but he's not a huge part of it. It's yeah. just to see if Brad Stevens so like, can do anything with him. He's mm-hmm. a bit of a consolation prize to an extent. And the reason I threw in the, the, 23, the 2023 second rounder was more so to give the Warriors a little something for the future because yep. Haywood 30, um, as you said, Ro, before in your trade, this is kind of like the cherry on top. Yep. Wiggins yep. is 25, so you're... Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be beneficial to both teams, yep. especially for the Warriors in the immediate future yep. and the Celtics in the, in the coming year or two. Yeah. Um, hopefully Wiggins can develop in Beantown. The only thing with this one, with Wiggins, he is a... I feel like he's a very picky player. He needs to be on a precise team for him to really shine, and um, it might as be in like structure, in in just skill and how he plays, like it, it shine in in how he plays. But like this year, we've seen him. He hasn't been great, but we've seen him um, where he has been pretty good. First two weeks of the season, he looked like a damn near MVP candidate. <laughs> the sit- yeah, I. I like it because I agree with the fact that it helps both teams for what they're after at the moment and what they're after going forward. Um, I think from a Celtics point of view, they're going to have a lot of happy. uh, I would Wiggins. I would be happy. Yep. That and Haywood's an injury has been injury prone, and he's older. Yeah. This this will be more of a team for the next you know few years maybe. Um, the only thing that worries me to a certain extent is there too much firepower on that Celtics, uh, Celtics starting five to share it around. To share it yeah, around, you've got a lot of mouths. Kemba, you've got Jalen Brown, you've got Andrew Wiggins, you've got oh, Tatum. Tatum. Could you turn Wiggins into a? It's a lot, a lot of money to pay, but could you turn him into a sixth man, just an impact bench? You could. I think you'd have to just. I think you'd keep those players in your starting five, but I think you'd have to adjust at least one of their roles yep. to take a less offensive role and a more uh, role player sort of defensive Facilitator. type thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I like it. And well, as you Jamon said, Green thinks Wiggins can be a defensive player of the year candidate, so mm, maybe that could... Maybe that could be his go-to. Stevens yeah. transition into that. I'd like that. I'd love it. Excellent. Yeah. Lee? My final one is um, Clint Capella for... Marcus Smart and Daniel Tice. Okay. Um, now, in in my opinion, it seems like all that the Celtics are missing right now is an effective big man, and I think Capella could bring that. Um, he's 
He's averaged 14 rebounds per game this year, and he had that run where he had bloody 20-plus rebounds, and I personally think he'd mesh quite well with those those starting players. Mm-hmm. Um, on Atlanta's side, they get a centre in tight who can still do some damage. Um, either him or Dwayne Dedman would start. I think that that um not be on together but they'd support each other and then like um who am I thinking of um who's the power forward at Atlanta John Collins John Collins he's getting 10 rebounds a game he's he's up there um for a power forward in terms of rebounds they also get a point card to back up Trey Young who is who isn't um DeAndre DeAndre Bembry um yeah, provides yeah, my mate. Smart could even probably go shooting guard um, and have the crew of Jeff Teague and Kevin Herter as the backup, which which I like the look of. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd I'd love it as a Celtics fan. Um, I I think if you were to get Clint Capella, who's already an, a proven, established player, I think, and I haven't actually done the trade to see if this would work. I think you'd have to chuck someone like a Gordon Haywood in there, mm. like someone who's probably established themselves a bit yeah. more. Daniel Tice, to me, if you get another big guy, you have to get rid of him. So he's naturally part yeah. of the trade. Marcus Smart, I think, is a good player without being great. great. And I think I think if you put, it, put uh, Gordon Haywood in that trade um, equation, I think it would start to look a bit more doable. Yeah. In saying that, I haven't done the trade to see if it would work, but um, funky one. It this is. is it's uh, interesting to think I, about. I think it'd be easier to make a decision had we seen how Capella looked with Trey. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that worries me. Not if Capella, like for the Hawks, they've yet to see how he goes with Trey and the rest of these young players. That's the same for Wiggins mm. a bit though, with with, with um with, Steph Curry yeah. and Clay Thompson. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. They're given a... The Hawks receive sort of like a senior... Uh, well, it depends who they, who they get. If they got Gordon Haywood, they would receive a senior Yeah, I'd probably player. change it to that. They probably do need someone that's shown a bit of ticker. Um, Marcus, but then would it be enough for the Celtics to give away Haywood and... Marcus... I, uh, would, Tyson, would it be... For, yeah, Tyson Haywood for... Yeah. For just Capella. I haven't chucked in any... Um, Picks um, to my trade, so chuck in a pick if, if you want. I, I don't mind. If, if I was the Celtics, that would be enough for me because that's yep. what they're looking for. They're looking for yeah. that big guy. Um, yeah, I think it's. I, I but th- is Capella that good a talent to give up? Well, I sort Haywood of think, as well. I as sort Tice. of think of him at the Rockets, and I know what you mean in terms of we haven't really seen much of him at the Hawks, so we don't know how yeah. that dynamic worked. But he showed. He showed. Glimpses of being a star yeah. at the Rockets. Um, what I whenever I think yeah. of Capella, just those spurt of like six games where he got twenty plus rebounds. Yeah, he had a fair few of those, didn't he? Interesting. It's yeah, one that I'll have to mull over. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, I'm going to see if the Gordon Haywood, Haywood um, element to that works after the show, but I think that would be probably better. I think that would suit both both sides a bit more I yeah. think. here we go I think Rose yeah. got another one with Az G in it please <laughs> no more with Az G in it although although another one which mentions both Gordon Haywood and Marcus Smart and Daniel Tice as well oh, mm. um, so as we were just mentioning then um, Celtics are looking for a dominant big man yep. because that's their downfall at the moment they've got all the other pieces to their core but the big man they're relying on Daniel Tice or Ennis Cantor yeah. um, to to hold it down inside the paint, and I think if they're going to win a championship, I think they need to sort that out to a certain extent. Um, so, in my trade, I've got the Trailblazers receiving Gordon Haywood, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, and a round one draft pick, twenty twenty round one draft pick. And the Celtics would receive Hassan Whiteside as the massive coup to to that trade. And they'd also get a few um, sort of like role players in Zach Collins and Mario Hazonia. Hmm. So I think Hassan would, would arguably be the final piece to what the Celtics were after. Um, 
wouldn't have to really provide too much on the offensive side of things, even though we know he can... He you can. Know, he, we know he's capable of it. But it's just that he he just need to do what Dennis Rodman did in the when the Bulls picked him up. Just be that defensive yep, player, get the rebounds, get the blocks. That's all they'd need him to do. Um, so and then we look at Gordon Haywood. We know he's sort of getting older and been hampered with a few injuries and stuff. But I think with Melo on the way out in the next few years for the Trailblazers, um, Gordon Haywood... Could probably, I think he could probably take Mello's spot. Yeah. I don't think Mello's going to be there. I, I, I don't think he's going to be there very long at all, to be honest with you. Um, he'd be a massive help to um, relieve the load of uh, CJ McCallum and Dame Lillard, obviously. And then I think Marcus Smart's just, as we were mentioning before in the other trade, he's sort of just a nice piece to add. Nice complimentary. As well. Little, yeah. A feisty guard off the bench. Hassan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's basically just the Celtics need a big man and the piece that could yep. get it done is uh, Gordon Haywood, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And that really, that's the... Keep reiterating, and we've set it for so long, the Celtics, that is what they need, a centre. White side. Ooh. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I, I like it. I think mm. it's really good for both teams um, because mm. Hassan is going to be not a real needed part of the Trailblazers once Nurkic um, is back fit and firing. And they get Tyson still, don't they? Yes, yeah. So who's a perfect backup centre. You lose Whiteside, okay, but you get back Haywood, who is a really... Like, you think of that core, you've got Haywood, Lillard, McCollum, and um, Nurkic. Yeah. That's a strong four there. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> so, yeah, I really, ah, in the throat. <laughs> I really like that. Yep. I like it for both teams. I think it really elevates the Blazers back into that playoff spot. And for the Celtics, it might push them into a pretty interesting matchup with the Bucks in the finals. As a Celtics fan, if we're, get, if we're to get any any um, big man going forward, which has has some merit to it, Gordon Haywood has to be the piece we get rid of because we're not going to be getting rid of Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, and we're not getting rid of Jalen Brown. Well, I've either. heard a, a couple um, rumours of Jalen Brown being a trade piece. Oh. I, I don't think they'd get rid of him. No. I no. don't think they would. That would be that'd be silly. Showing but, too much growth this year, and him and Tatum. Yeah, they're pretty dynamic. They're yeah. a dangerous duo, aren't they, those two? But, yeah. Anyway, that's... Fascinating. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. This... Uh, I think we'll. I'm looking forward to when the seat, like we've actually got legitimate traits to talk mm. about. But um, oh, yeah. as yeah. we said, guys, we'd love to during the week. We'll put something up. Hit us up with your traits. Uh, let us know what you thought of ours as well as any that you have of your own. Mm. Absolutely, that was fun. Whew, let's go. What's next? Uh, no, <laughs> not back to No, let's we're not back. back Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly. Excellent. I'm glad someone knows what's going on. Uh, do you want to start us off, Ro? You've got this week the... I've got the TV show this week. You do? I hope I do. You do, because yeah, I, I do. have the movie, so yeah. I was uh, worried our wires got <laughs> across there. But, yeah. um, my TV show that I'm watching, I think Lee knows I'm going with this one, is a show called Afterlife. Um, it's the second season um, specifically that I'm talking about. Um, it's been recently released onto, onto Netflix. Um, it's a show that that's been created by Ricky Gervais who plays I guess the lead role in the show um, just one of many where one of many masterpieces he's created which um, has him as the main character I guess um, basically the general gist of it is um, Ricky Gervais uh, character um, his, what we find out that his wife had died of um, cancer pretty early on in the in the piece and it just shows his ups and downs following th- that death, I guess. Um, things that happen that sort of become a bit too much for him and puts him on a downward spiral, but then little things in life that that keep us going as well. Um, it's, a, it's sort of like a show which has some really hilarious moments which... Um, you know, make you crying with laughter, yeah. but then you have bits where you're crying with sadness. 
Um, and a lot of his shows actually follow this same trend of being both hilarious and devastating at times. Um, so I can, yeah, I definitely recommend people um, people watch this series because it's it's truly a really well made show. The characters in it, you know, they're that that actually quite quite enjoyable to watch. Um, they're all a bit different, a bit left field, but that's what makes it, you know, the show it is. Mm. And um, on Netflix, yeah, on Netflix, it is. yeah, it is. And yep. second season, second Just... season at the moment. I think the episodes go for about twenty five minutes or oh, so. Yeah, so right. fairly so you can short. Doing pretty uh... six episodes a season. I've just finished the first one. Like Rose said, it is a quite a sad show because he, um, it it's pretty much showing how he is after his wife died and how he he copes with it. But it is like Rose said, also can make you cry with laughter as well. Mm, yeah, afterlife. Afterlife. Yeah. Sounds like a. Uh... Follow-up series of a David Attenborough special. <laughs> uh, Actually, is, is there an afterlife, David Attenborough? It sounds like something that he'd churn out. I believe with. behind the scenes of life, because yeah. that was one of his series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Sorry, were you about to say something, Rob? No, no, that that winds it up. But um, yeah, definitely recommend it. Beautiful. Uh, my movie. There you go. So, this week I've gone for a movie. It's on Netflix. It's um, it's called Inside Man. Okay. Not sure if either of you have seen it. I have uh, Stars Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, and Willem Dafoe. Okay. Uh, came out in 2006, and the tie-in with it is it's directed by Stan Lee. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, You've got my attention. So Inside Man, it's kind of the story. These group of criminals look to rob a bank, and it's kind of a cat-and-mouse game between lead kind of detective Denzel Washington and kind of lead uh, robber Clive Owen. Um, and just kind of, it's fascinating because like Clive Owen, lead um, antagonist in this, the way he's so calm about robbing the bank, how methodical he is, he's got everything planned to a T, mm. and just the way he's able to kind of pull the strings in this. Yeah. Um, the ending's really fascinating. Uh, there's kind of like an understory about the reason the reason why this particular bank is being robbed, okay. uh, which kind of adds another layer to it. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I've watched this pretty recently. I've seen it a couple of times, and it gets better each time. Um, I do love a good bank robbery movie, and this one's probably the best in terms of it's not the typical bank robbery that's all guns blazing. Um, mm. There's kind of a, a kind of build to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, well worth a watch, just purely for the fact that you get to see Willem Dafoe. I was about to say, what, what role does Willem Dafoe play in this? Does he play that creepy role that he plays in every other single movie? Uh, no, he's, he's another one of the te- detectives. Uh, okay. Not detectives, he's more like the head uh, police officer. Head honcho. Yeah, but right. um, everyone just say Willem. Willem Dafoe. Willem. It's, I, have, I get so much satisfaction out of it. So Not William. Will- Willem, Willem, well worth a watch. <laughs> He's got the creepiest face, that guy. But yeah, I might give that a go. Yeah. The only time I've seen Jodie Foster was in Taxi Driver, and she was thirteen when she played that. Hannibal, you seen that? Uh, no, no. Don't watch scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sleep. He says. <laughs> well, Lee, you are uh, you bring us with something. Not scary. This is, I'm this, always interested in hearing Lee's song. This is quite uplifting. Look, I was gonna go with a, a Drake song, but I've I've flipped it, and I've it's I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna um, go with a song called Fifty Slash Slash Fifty by Vantage. So five o slash slash five o. Um, this will get you up and dancing without a doubt. Let's let's as we fade it up. Disco song. Yeah, that's good. Good one. Yeah, is there any yeah. is there any uh, singing in it? Any vocals? No, you just dance to it. Oh, that's <laughs> just a vibe. It's just yeah. a vibe, yeah. Perfect for mutes. <laughs> I don't get it. They don't um, speak, uh, they just dance. Okay, yeah, no, it's all good. Um, um, laugh who, rate, what, go on dance. Laugh oh, rate, not retained. <laughs> what was it called, sorry? 50 50, pretty much. 50 That sounds 50. kind of like. 80s kind of. If there were some vocals with it, but they we were talking about how FIFA kind of has a like a yeah. kind of 
vibe to it. Vibe to it. It kind of that feels like the vibe. Yeah, a little, yeah, little yeah. boogie. <laughs> uh, Should have seen Nick stands. Uh, no, I, I like the start bit, like the yeah, kind of the build, build to it. That's uh, mm. that that got me. I wasn't yeah. expecting the kind of when it kind of hit the yeah. build. What was if coming? You, if you listen to it by yourself in your room, you're gonna dance. It's just just a warning. Was this, this? Was this? Sorry, I just want to mention. Was this a song that you found on TikTok? Yeah. By the way, yeah, I thought uh, I thought it may have been. Yeah, just yeah. one of many. Just quickly, while we plug TikTok, make sure to go check out the Daily <laughs> Dribble account. It's going off like uh, donkey cum, like a bag Ooh. of cats in a greyhound meeting. <laughs> there we go. Got, um, got that analogy out. Good. Yeah. No, I like it. So we'll recap that, Ro. Your uh, you had the movie, uh, the TV show. TV show was Afterlife, season two. Get around it. Excellent. I had the movie Inside Man on I'd, Netflix. I had the song Fifty Fifty by Vantage. Oh, there we go, go, fellas! Another huge episode, Bit just about done now. and dusted. Um, <sighs> do we have anything else we'd like to add? Um, I'm- not really. Hope- hopefully, we're nearing nearing some sort of normality. Um, During the last week, when we. Um, kind of proposed the idea of doing these trades. I initially, I think I suggested we do five each. Instead of four, yeah. Yeah, God, we would have been here all afternoon, yeah, That's it. And I was like, no, I'll yeah. cut it down. I'm glad yeah. you said that, but I really enjoyed doing that. I yeah. think, um, hope everyone out there enjoyed it. We, I had fun, like, I've, I've kind of played around with the trade machines a little bit, but yeah. this was the first time I've kind of gone a little more in-depth with it. I think the consensus that we got was that Aaron Gordon needs to be traded from Orlando Magic. And Celtics need to be traded. Yep. Gordon in Miami, maybe? With the uh, Lingard and Dwayne Wade. We need a whole another episode to discuss that. We do, we'll save some, uh, some in the kitty for next week, maybe. Um, as always, guys, thank Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you can get the latest episodes when they drop, um, as well as staying up to date with our socials on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Excellent. Catch you later, guys. Just another episode. See you, guys. Awesome, guys. Take care. Um, Stay classy, and we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Love you, bye. Shout out to Daily Chip. That was true. You gon' have to go ahead and see what they know. That was all the time, it ain't no romance if he knows. We gon' make it drop, drop, drop time.